Welcome to Bon Jovi Discussions. Today, I got my, my best Jovi friend, Jack, and we are going to talk about this gem right here. That's the, right. The Have a Nice Day album, if you didn't already know. One. <laughs> but before we get going, how you doing, buddy? I'm good, brother. How are you? Good, good, good. So, uh, we're going to talk about Have a Nice Day. So, this was the band's ninth studio album, which was released on September 20th, 2005. It was recorded from 2004 to 2005 uh, at Sanctuary Studios, which is John's studio in Red Bank, and then uh, finished an Oceanway recording in L.A. And this was the first time that John Shanks was a producer. So this was his first album with the band that he you know, co-wrote and uh, produced. Uh, I think it was number one in 10 to 15 countries, but I think it only hit number two here in the U.S. and yeah. U.K., if I'm not wrong. Um, so, like I said, the album was recorded in 2004, the summer of 2004, and the band was actually almost done with the album. was going to you know, release it in December of 2004. Um, but then John said, no, wait a minute, I got more. So we'll get into that once we get into Have a Nice Day song. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was interesting because they wrote four new songs and changed some of the other songs too. Right. Um, so what, what's your, uh, before we get into the tracks, what's your take on this album? Any, uh, My take, I loved it. Um, I, you know, I remember when it came out and um, just the excitement around it, you know, <laughs> when we first heard the snippet of Have a Nice Day and uh with with the uh, different lyrics you know yeah which we'll get to album. yeah so um the album i thought was solid you know i really did you know from start to finish you know um but yeah other than that you know i yeah. I, I thought it was a great album you know yeah you know i think this was the album that was kind of like I want to say like one of their first albums that were like, okay, we've been a band for 20 years. I think we can be a little more flexible, kind of like they did with crush, you know, be a little right. more open, flexible. And, and I also think it was one of those albums that was getting a little more into socially conscious. Album. Yeah. You know, I think balance was the kind of the introduction to that. It was. Yep. And, and, but I think have a nice day was the real push off the yeah. edge, of, you know, but you know, it wasn't all about, politics socially conscious stuff you know it was also about uh life you know uh divorce you know with david's divorce there's a couple yep. songs on there the music business uh and it was a, kind of like a thing too about hope uh, songs about hopelessness but being able to come together and being hopeful you know i think it was like the dark tunnel meeting the light of the tunnel per se if yeah. that makes sense and then another, the and another thing too that i love about this album is the photography you know like I, I think this is like one of the band's greatest photography in any of their albums. Let me, uh, I agree. Let me dig out their booklet real quick. There's so many good photos in here. I want to show, you know, like this one right here. I, dude, I was just going to tell you, I, that's probably my favorite shot of all the photos. Oh, yeah. You know, that one, you know, I like the back of the vinyl, that yeah. one. Um. Yeah, there's there's so many, you know, and all the, you know, all the Bon Jovi fans watching this, you know, are diehard fans, and they so they know what the photography looks like. So I, I don't think I have to get a photographer. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's the point. 
Yeah. Um, so let's get into, well, how about we talk about the tour first? Because okay. I remember being a kid before the tour. I remember my dad bought me the album the first day of release. My dad always bought me the album's first day. And I was 13, yeah, I was 13 years old. And after school, uh, my dad picked me up and he took me to Pizza Hut to go buy the album. There you go. And I remember he, he let me buy the uh, Digipack. Uh-huh. I think they call this the Digipack, which had a DVD. Yep. And then he also let me buy the Jewel case because I like to collect every edition. Yeah. Um, uh, and then what was I going to say after that? And then actually, when they released this dual disc, they also released the, the Slipper Room Wet yep. dual disc. Yep. too so i remember he got me that as well so i got like three cds all in one day nice um, <laughs> so but uh going back into the tour i remember my dad uh told me i could go to two shows and so we went to pittsburgh and cleveland i think it was a one in ohio um stadium show but they toured from november 2005 to july 2006 was it because they did yeah. two north american legs um yes because I want to say they added that last giant stadium show uh, after the one I yeah. went through. I think it was the 29th of July. Yeah. And I think that was the end of the tour. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, yeah, that's right. Because, and this is like one of the bands, you know, I know they did some stadium shows in the, I'm just speaking about the U.S. They did some U.S. stadium shows in 2013, but there were only like six shows. Right. But so I think having, I say it was kind of like their last, major stadium tour in the u.s yeah. an album it was um, a phenomenal show too yeah I mean, and it the band was, a, was on fire oh i know and it was such a shorter tour too you know they only toured in north america asia europe i don't they never went to australia or japan right i don't think I don't but think you know like, like you said it was a phenomenal tour and and i know you and i we were talking about this the other day yep this gem right here how in 2006 Band never promoted it. And it showed an, up. It's an official release. <laughs> yeah, and I remember walking in Walmart one day, and this bad boy is on the shelves. And yeah. you know, so it has last name standing, bad name, complicated. Have a nice day. He says you can't go home and and raise your hands. And it was I'm looking at the back. It was recorded in Boston, Massachusetts, in December of '05. Yep. So it's a good gem. You know, it, it I, I, just like you. I was strolling through Walmart. And um, came across that, and I'm like, what the hell is this? You know, I, I had no clue they were even releasing yeah. that. You and, know, I, the only thing I would have added on that one was probably Story of My Life. Live. Oh, yeah. I think that's you know? definitely been on there. You know, it, it, it's, it's funny because we were talking about just happenstance of finding it. You know, I remember that social media wasn't really around. I think MySpace was just starting to hit a peak. Yeah. But, you know, so any, any Bon Jovi news was through uh, – you know, I remember AOL email or the fan club. So I remember I went home and went on the fan club. Like, oh my gosh, I got this hat. And you couldn't even post a picture of it. So people were like, oh my gosh, what does it look like? This, you know? Yeah. But, yeah. uh, you know, it was a great tour. And I think it was the second or third highest grossing tour too. Yeah. Um, but, uh, let's, uh, I think let's start thinking of the album. All right. Uh, first one is obviously have a nice day, which is the name of the album as well. It was the very first single. I think it was released in radio in July 2005. And then it was officially released with a music video in yeah, August. That sounds right. That sounds right. Yeah. It was written by John Ritchie and John Shanks. Yeah. 
And so here is the biggest thing about the a or about the uh, the song was like we were saying earlier the album was pretty much finished by December, and so I remember the American Music Awards in December of '04, and I they no they made no announcement they were going to perform it. I remember they performed "It's My Life," and all of a sudden they go into this new song I'm like what is this? Yeah, and we didn't find out till later that it was the new song. Um, but if anyone that I've seen this performance. The chorus is so different than it's the so release, and I love it. Yeah. You know, I don't know if I love it because it's just different from what we what we know, right. but I love it. But uh, it, it's and that's when you know John decided, no, we're not done. You know, I I have four more songs that I want to finish and change others and, and blah blah blah. Yeah. Um, you know, and the the whole meaning of of the song is more of a rebellious. Uh, type song, you know, defiant, you know, it's more like, you know, F you, exactly. have a nice day, not have a nice, have day. A nice day, you know, so right. it wasn't like, like, have a nice day. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like in, in the dual disc video, you know, when John's talking about the song, he's like, it's a very New York way of saying, you know, have a nice yeah. day. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I think the it's awesome. the world. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, and, this, and this is pretty much that finger, yeah. you know, and I, I also think that it's also, looking at the mistakes of the past you know to like uh in the lyrics we're living in the broken home of hopes and dreams yeah i think that was kind of the introduction into the album of this album is about hopelessness and living through mistakes of the past and trying to yep. you know follow new Find the optimism yeah exactly uh so what's uh what's your take of the song on the song I'm, mm -hmm. I'm right there with you, you know, like everything you just said, you know, when, when we first heard that song, I loved the chorus. It was definitely the right choice for the first single. Um, the lyrics were awesome. I mean, you couldn't really ask for a better yeah, rock song, really. I, I mean, just I mean, that hook in the beginning. That bah, yeah, and, and I love it even more live. You know, because oh, it, yeah. it grabs you. You know, it's like, you know, it's just, it's so awesome. But uh, yeah. no, um, when that song came out, I remember listening to it like over and over. Like I couldn't get enough of it. Yeah. You know, and then and then finally, eventually, like the samples or the other one, the the snippets of the other tracks came out, and then I was like, oh my god, I was like, I can't wait for this album to come out. You know. Yeah. But mm -hmm. no, nah, have a nice day was um it's it's definitely up there for me it's definitely one of my favorite all-time songs yeah and, you know, and like you said you know and, and before like i said social media wasn't even really a thing so the only way you could ever hear the song in july of 05 was radios i remember right always getting in my dad's car and like please play the please, for the radio to please play it <laughs> and 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 so i i remember in august when they were officially releasing it as a single on their website and um you know, I had the single right here. I remember buying this at the store. Yep. Um, but I remember the music, they, they announced that the music video was going to be premiered. This is when VH1 played music videos. Yeah. And I remember the next morning, I, I, I made myself two Hot Pockets and chocolate milk. I'm a 13-year-old <laughs> kid at the time, so. But sure. I was at my grandmother's house and went video after video, and I hate delays music, and especially 2005's music. I remember, yeah. oh my, I remember they played that Gold Diggers, she gave me my, you know, that song. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, I remember, like, this black Escalade just pulls up. I'm like, what is this? 
And then all of a sudden you see John coming up and then, you know, going to one of the autograph seekers or fans yep. or And then he wrote, you know, he and drew, draw, the, he drew cover, the logo, which is a little different. And yeah. it's, uh, but I, I love the music video, you know, the, like seeing that smirk, you know, translate everywhere. And I think it was just a way of sending the message, you know, how messages are, you know, it, you saw like little cell phones too, you know, yep. just the way that it was going everywhere. You saw, you know, guy washing his hands, it's on there. You know, my favorite part of the video was when um, John and Rich are walking down the sidewalk and they Mine see this too. girl with a tube top and she's hot <laughs> and they turn around and she's, she, it's a tramp stamp. Yeah. You know, okay, so it, I it, was a, it was a great music video. And then, you know, fucking Richie's, uh, Richie's, yeah, the tattoo, fake tattoo. Yep. <laughs> I was like, yep. what? I almost you know? bought that. I almost bought those because I, 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 it was shortly after that. After I seen that, I'm like, "That's holy shit!" You know, I was yeah. like, you know, maybe I should buy that too. You know, well, that was like a fashion thing back then too. Yeah, so, it sure uh, was. But uh, you know, and, and so I, I think one of the big things about Richie on this song is his double neck guitar. Yeah, you know, because that was on every tour up until 2013, the cover of the "We Weren't Born to Follow" single. Uh, which was funny because they use it as the cover of "We Weren't Born to Follow" single. Yeah, because it was, every diehard fan knew that was "Have a Nice Day." That they exactly. But um, my favorite lyric to that song is um, "Standing on the ledge, I show the wind how to fly." Like, I think that it's kind of like it, it. It resembles "We Weren't Born to Follow." You know, like right. I'm going to take my own path. I believe in it and. I feel like I can make a change. I think that's what he was saying in that lyric. You know, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely, it does. What's your What's your favorite lyric from this my song? lyric? My favorite lyric in there would have to be. Um, it, it's tough. I mean, the whole it's it sounds corny, but I, I, I the whole song to me, I it's just. Like take a look around you. Nothing's what it seems. I think may, probably that part right there. Yeah, so, I mean, that, that's a good one too. Yeah. Um, and then one last thing about the song is it, it's been a major staple in the band's set list. You know, it's almost at every show, and and I love. Yeah. It. I, I'm glad it is. You know, it's one of those hits that you just really love, and you don't ever get tired of hearing. No, I'm I'm definitely not tired of that song by any means. Like they should play that to the end of time. Yeah, you know, it's one of those, will. and they probably will. You know, and it's yeah. one of those that's up there with prayer and bad name and want it. You know. Yep, exactly. So, Next track is "I Wanna I'm Be Loved." Be loved. <laughs> yeah, I'm singing in my head right now as we talk. Uh, this was actually the technically considered the fourth and final single, but it was only released in some certain countries, and I can't remember which countries. But it was the final single. Was released here in the U.S. I know that, but it right. was released in April of '06, um, and it was written by John Ritchie, and I think also John Shanks also wrote on that too. Um, this was the only song that, if you if you listen carefully, you don't hear it so frequently like you do in "Living on Prayer" and "It's My Life." But you can hear the talk box. There's the talk box. Oh yeah, the yeah. Yes, and I, I think. Another thing I want to mention about this album, too, is I think that they were experiencing some different sounds. If you ever just didn't listen to the album from start to finish, they introduced some sounds, weird, but they sound cool. And I Want to Be Loved is one of them. If you listen to, like, the very end, just the way that it kind of filters out is, is really yeah. cool. 
Um, I, I think this song kind of resembled a little more of a bounce feel, kind of like Hook Me Up. Yeah. Um, but, but a little less heavy. Yes. You know, I, 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 think it, I, I think this is one of those songs that Richie really shines Absolutely. on. Um, before we get into it, my, my take on this song is I think it's all about coming from a broken home, but looking positive in your future, you know, deserving to be loved and being able to make a contribution to society. Like that lyric, you know, I want to give, I'm ready to try. Yeah. Uh, you know, because I can make a contribution and not becoming the generation before you, you know, right. like we, we know that John didn't come from a broken home, but I, so I think he was writing about someone else there. But yeah. like I said, you know, coming from, you know, the family tree line, you know, um, not knowing who you're, where you're from, you know, what, yeah. what's, what's your take on it? My take is just, just like that, you know, I mean, and I want to be loved is also, you know, just that, you know, you just want to be loved, I guess, you know, some yeah. people will take it that way. You know what I mean? But yeah. uh, no, I, I definitely understand what, you know, like, like what you said, you know, like where it's coming from and cause you got to look, be, you know, in between the lines there, I guess, you know what I mean? Yeah. And you're right with the talk box because um, I don't know if you have yet, but it, well, I'm sure you have with the 5.1 surround and all that. Oh, Dude, yeah. it it's unbelievable. Sure, it, it shines more in, on on that version, you know. Yeah, for the dual disc. I mean, man, it that like I said, every album should come out five point one just to hear yeah. the different sounds and all that. But no, I want to be loved was uh, definitely and that and the talk box is what hooked me when I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Oh whoa. yeah, you know? it was it was so cool. Yeah. And I'm yeah. glad you brought up about the 5.1 because I forgot about it because it shine a little more on that song. Yeah. I don't have to listen it's to so it. so clear. Yeah. 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 And you know what else is a shame too is that they've only played this, I think, a couple times live. You they know, did. During the Have a Nice Day tour. They only played yeah. it a couple times. But my favorite lyric is I found a picture of our so called family tree. I broke all the branches looking for answers. Don't you know that ain't how it's supposed to be? Yeah. I, I love that lyric. I love the way <laughs> John sings it, and that's yep. yours too. Yeah, mine too. And I, know, and I know the next track. We're gonna agree on the same lyric again. <laughs> yeah, but that, we'll see. We'll say it at the same time. <laughs> um, uh, so, let's, so let's just go right into the next let's one. Let's go this into it. The band's third single. Uh, it was it was released in June two thousand and six. In the U.S. and everywhere else, but in the U.K. earlier, which I think was January of 06. Uh, it was written by John Ritchie and John Shank. Um, and what, what's funny about this song is that, um, we'll get into the meaning of it, but JBJ wrote it uh, when he was campaigning for, uh, who who was it? John Kerry, I think, in 2004? Um, I think it was. He was. He was campaigning for some Democrat party back in 04 and that he that's how he wrote this song and uh you know the whole meaning is um yeah i think you're we're right. all different but we're still the same which yep. is a lyric in the song and that you know we should all come together um i think i think it speaks really true you know when i was watching the debate last night i was thinking you know we're in such a scrambled world right now that oh, we all come from different uh lifestyles we all come from 
yeah. poor, rich, yeah. uh, color of our skin. We're, we're all different, yeah. but we're all still the same. Exactly. And, and, and so I was thinking of this song so much last night. I was like, wow, you know, this song tr truly still rings, you know, 16, holds 15 up. years later. Yeah, it does. And so I think that's what the song is, uh, was really about. And if you look at the music video, you know, you see like, like the band performing. You, yeah. you see like band, you know, performing the streets trying to make a buck. But yeah. then all of a sudden you see the band in the same spot. You know, yeah. John realized where he came from. Or one of my other favorite parts too was the homeless man sleeping on the streets. And then you yeah. see John coming out of him. Yeah. Or the, or the man seeing uh, or watching the, just uh, the, the guy that red light and the guy comes to wipe his wrench out of kindness. Yeah. And then all of a sudden the guy sees himself, you know? So I, yeah. I think that imagery there was that the guy became, he came from nothing, became successful, but then he also remembers his roots. Yes, that's, exactly. That's my take, but enough of me. Let's, let's hear what your take is on it. No, um, it, it's, it sounds cliche, but <laughs> it's the same deal. You know, that song holds up so true now, probably, probably even more so now than it did back then because of everything that's going on in the world. Um, like these days, people can't seem to agree to disagree, I guess. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's sad. You know, you should have your opinion and someone like you should have your, your opinion. And I should respect that, you know, yep. and, and light and vice versa. But these days, it's like one way or no way. Like yeah. It's my way or no way or your way or no, you know what I mean? Yep. So, no, but it's it's true. I mean, if people would just, you know, just respect each other, I guess. And it's funny because I was actually, yesterday at work, I was talking to a teacher about this too because respect, you know, goes a long way. You know what I mean? Yep, it sure does. And, um, and I've, I've said the same thing to her about, you know, about having opinions and no one's allowed to have their opinions anymore because, you know, you get bashed for it. You know what I mean? They, like, yeah. you know, just an example, like, you know, if somebody supports Donald Trump, you're a piece of crap. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Or, you know, and it's sad the way the world is now. You know what I mean? Like, sure is. just... Hey, you know, it is what it is, you know, just respect yep. one another and, you know. Exactly. Yeah. That's all and it is, man. So our favorite lyric on the count of three. <laughs> one, two, three. When do you want to get that's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> God makes no mistakes. <laughs> that's not, you know, and, and that brings me, you know, when this album came out when I was 13. So any teenager that's turning 13, you know, wants to become independent and wants to fit in with school. You know, I wasn't the most popular kid in school. Um, and so, I, you know, I had my fair share of bullies and stuff and not fitting in or not feeling like I was good enough for someone, you know, starting to, yeah. you know, date, you know, sure, for sure. what that's worth. And uh, I remember this song always helped uh, pull me through some bad days, you know, especially that line that we just say, you know, when you want to give up and your heart's about to break, remember that you're perfect. God makes no yep. mistakes, you know, kind of reassuring you that, yeah. I am who I am. I'm proud of who I am. Exactly. I should be proud of who I am. You know, I've, just because I don't fit in with this group doesn't mean that I'm not worthy. Exactly. Anything. So that this is probably in my top five and favorite songs of all Definitely. time. And uh, I just think it, it rings true that you're not alone. Um, no, definitely I, not. 
And then, the, do you remember when this was in the West Wing episode? That and John also appears in the episode. They named yeah. it. They, they named the episode "Welcome to Wherever You Are." And then John appeared. I haven't seen it in a long time. Yeah, but, it's been forever since I've seen it too. Yeah. And then uh, one last thing about the song too is they play live quite a few times on the Heaven Ace Day tour, and mm-hmm. I love it, especially that you know our favorite when he sings our favorite lyric, you know. Yeah. That note and damn, dude, I still feel like that song. Like he should still do that song. Yep. Whether it's just acoustic or oh, the yeah. band, I yeah. mean, maybe leave it acoustic because of his voice. <laughs> you know. Yeah. But um, I think it'll still hold up. You know, I I really do. I think I honestly I think the set list should definitely be refreshed this coming, whenever they get back out on the road. You know, yeah, I just, I agree with you. It's it because it, it got kind of steel, you know what I mean? After after a little while, yeah. Um, and especially because it resonates still, you know, like like we were absolutely. just talking about. Um, now more than ever, man. You know, like yep. I said, you know, it holds up. You know, put the message out there again. You know, because people probably forgot about the song or the yep. album for that matter. You yeah. know, so just to reintroduce it would be a good thing. Oh yeah, yeah. And he did it on a runaway trip not too long ago, a few years ago. He did by, I, by fan request. Yep. And he didn't remember. I mean, he hasn't played it in forever, so you know, he didn't even know the lyrics. He did good for what it, what it was, yeah. though. You know, but I think he, I, he still could do a good job. But let's go to the next track, and I had to write down the, the award notes, so I'm going to read one in just a second. But right. Who Said You Can't Go Home was released as the second single. We're going to combine tracks 4 and 13 because track 4 of Who Said You Can't Go Home is just the band yes. rock version. Yep. And track 13 is with Jennifer so this is a big one here. So it was released in March 2006. I like to say the first. Second single, it was written by John and Richie. Um, this song was pretty much about being proud of your roots and being proud of where you come from. You know, like, and we'll, we'll get into that. But yeah, obviously you and I both know this was kind of like an intro, intro way of Lost Highway album. But this yep. is the very first... Bon Jovi was the very first rock band to have a number one country hit. Country song, right. Yep. And, uh, you know, we were talking, you and I were talking about this the other day, about how this was actually first recorded with uh, Keith Urban. Yeah. As a demo, because, and John's actually been talking about that quite often now because of the 2020 promo, Do What You Can. Yep. And so I remember I was arguing with this, uh, not arguing, but having this debate with my one of my Jovi friends a few months ago, and they're like, no, Keith Urban never recorded on that. It was Jennifer Nettles. I know it was Jennifer Nettles, but it was Keith Urban <laughs> first. And she's like, no, it wasn't. You know, I wanted to, like, like rub it in her face. Here it is. Here you it know? is. But so anyway, it was first recorded <laughs> Keith Urban, and, and John thought that Keith and John, or him and Keith, sounded too much alike, which was true. Yeah. And so he found Jennifer Nettles, who was just, like, an up-and-comer. Oh. Her and, voice is phenomenal. Oh, yeah. she is perfect. Anyway, <laughs> but we won't get into we won't get into that. But I love Jennifer Nettles. Me too. <laughs> so, but it it won. At, and this is where I'm going to read off my notes. It won so many awards. It was best collaborative video at CMT Music Awards, favorite rock song at People's Choice Awards, Grammy for best country collaboration with vocals. That's a big thing. It won a Grammy. Uh, Best Country Song of the Year for ASCAP Country Music Awards. And it was also nominated for Music Event of the Year for ASCAP Country Music Awards. And also nominated for Vocal Event of the Year at Academy of Country Music Awards. 
So it, it, I think there's, I think there's more to it, but, um, but like like I was saying, it influenced Lost Highway album, you know, yeah. which I'm glad it did. And one thing too, uh, it was also used for Republican. Uh, you and I both know John's a Democrat, you know, which yeah. is okay. Yeah. But this song was actually used in uh, Republican events in 2008 during the elect- election. Yeah. And the band did not support it. I remember the band issued a statement saying, we did not support it. We don't want our songs used for any Democrat or um, Republican. Because right. I think at that time, John wasn't very too open about He wasn't too people. open in the uh, political field. Um, and not then, like how he is now. Yeah. <laughs> and and the music, there's two music videos, one for each version of the song. And obviously, I think yep. the country version made more sense. And funny, uh, John's brother, Anthony, actually directed this uh, video. Uh, and the I think both videos were really, I think the which, country version. Which one country, did he direct? Oh, uh, country con- one? Okay. I like to say he also did the rock one, but I'm not 100% on that. I, I but, didn't know that. that. That's cool, though. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Anthony... A lot directs a lot of some of the videos and live performances and all that. Um, yeah, he's also on the tour with the band too, with sound and video and all that. But the country video features Habitat for Humanity volunteers and Soul Kid Soul football players, which yeah. was which was two things that John was very active with at the time. Very. Um, and then the video also shoots the band and Jennifer Nettles, Bill and Holmes. I love the part in the video where. Uh, they're putting up the mirror. John's putting yep. up the mirror, and then he turns around and comes down. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that that and that video won best collaborative video for CMC Music Awards in 2006. Yeah. The now the rock video was so. I'm. I think that was a special release on the website, and yeah. it was so weird. Like it was kind of like the misunderstood video, but it was kind of like the dog trying to find its way home. Oh you know, my god. When I say the misunderstood, but I mean like just the way it was kind of directed, and like, yeah, you know, like following the lost puppy and trying to like, I was like, what is the meaning with this dog? Oh and my it was god, just so Dude, weird. You know what's funny? I had forgotten about that video until you just brought it up, and I'm like, oh my god, like I remember that now. You know, and what they should have done, what they should have done on a lot of their videos, like some of their videos anyway. We'll get discussion. Yeah, is just put put the band playing live, you know, and just put the track to it. You know, I think yeah. that would have been way better. You know, yeah, and maybe was, just throwing a couple of scenes here and there or whatever, but yeah. mostly play it live. You know. Okay. Favorite lyric. Uh, with every step I take, I know that I'm not alone. You can take the home from the boy, but not the boy from his home. Yep. What's yours? Same. That one. Yep. Okay. Same one. And then one last thing too before we get going to the next song, is um. It's also another staple song on set list from every tour since 05. Yeah. The only thing that kind of gets on my nerves is that it's all, you know, like it was cute to right. have a nice day tour, <laughs> but every tour, you know, singing, it's all right with your hand, you know, my yeah. arms actually get tired doing it. <laughs> I know. But, you know, but it was, yeah. But let's get into the next track, which is Last Man Standing. And it was written by John and uh, Billy Falcon. Uh, it was actually released before the album, but only on the band's website. So you can go on the band's website and listen to the song. Yeah. Um, and I think this is one of the very first, I think this is the song was kind of like the entryway into burning bridges and the more things change. Uh, this is a song that John was getting more vocal about the music business. Yeah. Um, 
you know, and it's true, you know, when he was saying that no more big artists are going to sell millions and millions of albums. And we're still seeing that issue uh, today, how these music companies are taking over the artist's art. You know, it, it, it's art. It's like, look at Taylor Swift, for example. She she wrote all these amazing songs and one of the biggest artists. And the her record company owned the songs and just sold them. And she had no rights to what she created. Right. If it wasn't for her, or let, let's go back to the Bon Jovi. If Bon Jovi didn't write these songs, the record companies wouldn't be able to make all the money that they're making. No, definitely not. So, you know, in the music business eyes, what I love music so much, I would hate to be in the music business because music business does not stand for what music really is about. Exactly. You know, they're all about, they're not about the artist or the album or the vision. They're all about that three and a half minute slot to go into the radio yeah. and the download is to make a profit you know yeah. you know you know it's like we're holding up our artwork here you know it is so amazing to actually have it in your hands to look at the photography oh absolutely and i i know we're trying to watch our time here so i don't want to get right, into the fine. whole thing but it's just music is so and this is one of those songs i really appreciated john um writing and we're much about how it was released on this album. It was actually it premiered on the This Left Feels Right DVD, which they played yeah. for. Yeah, This Left Feels Right came out before Have a Nice Day, and I want to get your opinion on it. My, I actually prefer This Left Feels Right version more. I think it's just more intimate. It, it kind of you know it's a storytelling song, so it kind of reels you in. Yep. And w- which version do you prefer more? I prefer This Left Feels Right for the same reasons. It's more intimate. Yep. Um, it's the first one we've heard, so it's like kind of like that first love at uh, love at first sight, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> yep, you know, exactly. It's corny, but no. Yeah. That, when I, when I first heard that song, I'm like, why didn't they put this on the album? You know? Yeah. Um, and I was so happy that they included it on the box set, and uh, then then we found out that this the electric version was going to be on Have a Nice Day. Yeah, and I didn't even know it was going to be the electric version. I didn't yeah, either. I thought it was going to be like, because I loved it. I remember always putting that DVD in to listen to that track before yeah. YouTube days. And yeah. I was like, what? I thought I was putting up the wrong song or something. Yeah. But, um, but yeah it's also a good show opener, too. I like it, it as a show opener, the electric version, obviously. Yeah, I agree. Um, it, it was definitely good. Um, but it, but like like us, you know, we prefer the uh, this left feels right version. But um, yeah. as, for the tour... You know, I guess that works good for the tour to have a nice day version, you know? Um, yeah. Just good, like you said, like a show opener or whatever. I, I kind of hope they maybe put that one back in at some point. Either yeah. version. Either version. I prefer the, the slow one, especially, you know? But, oh, yeah. I don't um, think we ever see the live music. or the. And, and the I think it would make much more sense doing it now anyways, you know? Just, oh, yeah. The music business just—it's still terrible. I mean, you know, we can get into the whole other discussion about burning bridges, but you know that yep. whole debacle. You know, um, but anyway, uh, favorite lyric is the songs are more than music; they are pictures from the soul. And this, take so forgive me if I if I get it wrong. So keep your pseudo punk, hip hop, pop rock, junk in your digital downloads. I think <laughs> I got that right. I like yeah, the J-Lo jab myself, but... Yeah. <laughs> did, I, did I forget the J-Lo? Remember on the, on the DVD? 
Oh, he, yeah. He put the yeah. J-Lo junk. J-Lo, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, J-Lo junk in your dish. So I don't think you like J-Lo at the time. Yeah. I don't know. I thought, I, I don't know. Maybe he doesn't care for them. Who knows? Yeah. What's your favorite lyric? My favorite lyric in Last Man Standing. Um, give me a second. I'll have to, let me see. I, I, I love the, you know, just the opening, like, come see a living, living breathing spectacle. Yeah. Yeah. I would say the opening lyrics, you know, because yeah. it, it does. It, it pulls you in, and it's like, it's storytelling right from the get-go. You right. Know? Uh, next song is Bells of Freedom. Uh, it was written by John Ritchie. I think Desmond Child Did came Desmond and covered this one. I think he was on the finish and touches of it. Okay. Um, it's actually my second favorite song on the album. Um, I, th- I think the meaning of this song, it, it, it can be interpreted in so many ways, but mine is, you know, standing up after you've been knocked down so many times, you know, standing up after defeat, pretty much. You know, like pretty much getting back up after being knocked down so many times. Right. And, and, and realizing that you're free in a way, you know, like with, you know, we are free as, as human beings and, you know, not to get too political, but I think that's my take. I mean, what's your take on the, on the song as far as meaning goes? Well, bells of freedom. Yeah. Um, I never quite thought about it that way. Um, but now that, now that you mention it about being like, you know, free and all that, I guess, you know, I guess that makes sense. Um, that song was always a song that I liked, but it was like never one that I actually. It wasn't like a go-to track, I guess. You know what I yeah. mean? But I've always liked it when it came on. You know. Yeah, it was great um, live too. They did a few times live. On yeah, the tour. they did. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure exactly what my uh, what my take on that track would be. Yeah, no, we'll, have take... come, we'll have to come back to that one at some point. Yeah, uh, favorite lyric. Of- uh, would be when your world comes crashing down like you've lost every round stand your ground and ring the bells of freedom that's my favorite what's yours okay. man i'm gonna have to think about that one okay <laughs> we'll, uh, come back. Next... we'll come back to bells of freedom all right uh, <laughs> next track is wildflower uh, it was written by john and i'm almost 99 percent sure he was he wrote about dorothea his that's wife what i'm thinking too and, uh, you know, the whole meaning with, you know, I think it's more of a romantic relationship, you know, your relationship being different from the rest and, and it's yeah. still perfect for each other. It's like my favorite lyric, if she's fire, I'm gasoline. Yeah. We fight a lot, but none of us want to stop it. Yeah. I love those lines, you know. Me too. And I, think that, I think that rings true in a true relationship, you know. Absolutely. Um, and they only did this live a couple of times. A couple of times. Time. It didn't I, get much. They did a giant stadium, I believe, yep. right? Yeah. And I'm surprised, John. I, I just think it was just one of those songs that John wrote that he loved a lot and just threw it on the album. Threw it on there. You know, uh, what's your take on this on lyric and all that? Lyrical, I thought it was very good, and yeah, I think you're right. I think it was written for uh, his wife. Um, and I think my favorite lyrics in that one. Um, I think it's simple, but it's like nobody knows that the fire, like, uh, uh, 
I love the way he sings that too. Nobody knows. Yeah. We're no JBJ. Yeah. I <laughs> uh, think that'll one, probably be my favorite my favorite part of it, you know? Yeah. Uh, next one would be uh, Last Cigarette, which I think was... And this is what's really special about this song I love. It was written by John Bon Jovi and David Bryan, which David doesn't really usually write songs, which I think he right. should. Right? He so, should. This song was actually one of the two songs that was written about his divorce because he was going oh. through a divorce at the time. And obviously, so the song's about breaking up and looking at the past memories. You know, my, my favorite lyric is, don't ask the past to last, it's about to change. You know, yeah. David was going through a lot of change at the time. You know, things just don't last forever. And it was also a good, you know, it, it, it's more of a fun song. You know, it's fun, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cigarette, you know, the last, you know, it. And I enjoyed it live and stuff. So, what's your what's your take on it? I loved it. I mean, that was one of my. It was one of those songs on the album that like hooked me right away. Yep. It was like one of those that like, all right, this one's like, it's 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 permanent, you know. Yep. Like this track, you know, kind of like beautiful drugs on the new album. Oh yeah. You know? yeah. And we'll get to that in another another one, but. Sure will. <laughs> um, it, but that track and. I love it. I love Last Cigarette. I do. Um, it, it's one of my go-to tracks when I am listening to it. Or if I'm putting it on a playlist, it's always into consideration putting that one on there. Um, <clears throat> my favorite line in there was... Um, well, I can't think of it now. Damn. <laughs> I can't think of it now. Oh, uh, okay. man. We'll come back to it. It's too early yet. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you. There's the next one, I... I, I... I'm trying to remember all the lyrics right now, but it's, I am. Oh, uh, it was written by sorry, John. I got it. I got it. You always sorry. lose the girl in a Brian Wilson. Oh, yeah. you know what? I knew that was your. I remember us talking yeah, about that. That's I right. Knew that, I should remember that. Yeah. Our, fr- our friend coach is broke. Yeah. <laughs> I should have known. That. <laughs> uh, okay. So next one is I am. It was written by John Ritchie. I think John Shanks also wrote on this one. And this one was. <laughs> When I was saying earlier about how this album is kind of hopelessness meets coming together. Yeah. Um, I think it's one of those songs, you know, uh, of not being alone, but being able to live in your own skin and being able to come together. You know, when you think that no one needs you, sees you or believes you, and no one else is there to understand, I am. I am, right. You know, like thinking what you believe and how you feel, you're not alone. I'm with you. Yeah. And, and I, 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 I love that. And how you spend your minutes are what matters. That's my favorite lyric. All Mine tomorrows feels- come from yesterdays. You know, learning to build from your yesterday. Yeah. Um, they did it live a few times too, which was uh, good. Your turn. My my, I'm with you on that track. Um, right away, it's one of those like from the beginning of the song that is like how you spend your minutes are what matters. All tomorrow come from yesterday. Yep. I think that that's my that's my favorite line in the in the in the song but like you said it's a it's about not being alone you know yep. and all that and it really is a solid track you know and what what, what were we saying like um because i am came out and but what 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 other song was like tied into it you said we were talking about this the other day oh playing friday i forgot um I, uh but you know yeah. you you mentioned it and i was like oh yeah you're right yeah it was like i don't know it was like oh man that one came out, and then there was another song that came out that I think was influenced by I Am. I, nothing. 
the instrumental. Nothing. Which, that's which, it. Which, nothing. That's right. Is, nothing. We have about ten minutes left over just because I want to get to that. But it was okay. It, since we mentioned that's this, uh, not put this, it on there. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to it. Uh, so the next one is complicated, which was written by John Ritchie and Max Martin, which I think it was the only song he co-wrote on this album. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's one of those great songs. But I think it's one of those songs that's about kind of like taking your stance. This is who I am. Yep. Take me for who I am. I'm not changing. Yeah. And my favorite lyric is, "I'm smart enough to know what I don't know. I'm fool enough to stay when I should go." Mine too. You know, I, I think, you know, all these years I tried to think, what does it mean I'm fool enough to stay when I should go? I think it was um, him meaning that trying to fit in with other people or yep. following other fads and fashions or arguing with something that no one, like like we were saying earlier, just doesn't believe in your opinion and yep. you're fighting for nothing. Um, yep. It was played live a few times, I think, on that tour, too. Um, what's your take on that? My take is just as you said it, um, and um, that yeah. song was just—it was—it was, it was quickly one of my favorites. Yeah, you know, it, um, it was great live. And, and anymore, I think people want somebody just like me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, yeah. like how they say in the song. You know, I want yeah. somebody just like me. You know, yeah. and. Um, Anymore, I, I, I'll tell you the God's honest truth. That's how I feel, you know. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, I mean, like like you said, man, you know, I mean, that song was just, it's so good. And it was so good live. And it was yeah. fun, you know. Yeah. And just, um, the, just the whole meaning behind it, you know, like, yeah, I get frustrated, right or wrong, love or hate it. Love or hate you know? it, yeah. Yeah, this is who I am, and I'm proud of who, who I am. Yeah. But, uh, let's get to the next one. Uh, Nova King. Nova which King. Was, it was only written by John, but I do believe that uh, he wrote it about David. About um, David, I think you're it's right. It's one of those great storytelling songs uh, about David's divorce. Um, pretty much just parting ways, you know, like in the beginning, you know, you, you can take back all your secrets, we'll divide up all the, you know, kind of just like, you're taking this, I'm taking this. Uh, it kind of like the sense of, uh, from the one of the songs from the one, you can test my faith, but you can't take my pride. Yeah, you know, um, you know, you can take it. It's in this song, you you can take all the pictures in their frames, but you can't take me. Yeah, uh, and one of my favorite lyrics from that is, "There's a different kind of meaning now to living on a prayer. Some don't seem to notice, and the rest don't seem to care." You know, living on a prayer back in '86 was all about you know Tommy and Gina stick, sticking together, yeah. getting through this, and then 2005 breaking up and uh, not sticking together, essentially, you know, and uh, it was great live, too. I mean, it was a staple of most of the set list, I think. Uh, what's your take on Novocaine? Novocaine was, you know, not so much then, but now, you know, you can kind of resonate with it. Yeah. But I loved it right from the start, you know, but yeah. lyrically it hits home now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, that song, man, it was, it was so good. Yeah. And live, it was even good live. I'm surprised they didn't play it more live, you know? Yeah. Um, and, you know, on the, the studio track, too, I love that at the end of it, uh, John, you know, kind of ad-libs, you know, like you, you just kind of hear him talking, you know, yeah. in, the, in the background. Like yeah. toward the end of it, right? 
Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And this the Dr. Phil reference is that I've had it up to here with Dr. Dr. Phil, Phil and, a modern, man and a modern Man and Me. Yep. That's a good one. Uh, yeah. Let's get to the next next track, uh, Story of My Life, which was written by uh, John and Billy Falcon. And this is kind of like one of our absolute favorite. We talk about the song all the time. All the time. Uh, you know, I, I think it's pretty much being proud of your life story. I think it was a good band analogy. You know, when, when you see the band perform it live, you know, sometimes uh, John will, I don't want to use the word flirt, but not, not in a romantic or sexual way, but just kind of eye contact, you know, yeah. like hanging out, you know, he'll, sometimes he'll sing it to Richie and sometimes he'll sing it to David. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, my favorite lyric is yesterday's a memory, another page of history. You sell yourself of hopes and dreams that will leave you feeling sideways. Yeah. You know, I, it's, I, you know, the whole song about this, this is my story. This is who I am. Here it is. And I, like I was saying, it's a good band analogy. Very good, man. And my take on it would be, I definitely think it's like, it's a band song. And I love the special moments between John and Richie. And then John and David. But um, I think for me, it's definitely a John and Richie song. Oh, yeah. Um, and I love the line in there where, you know, I hope you buy my side when I'm writing the last page. And then goosebumps just talking about that line. Yeah. <laughs> you, <know? laughs> um, you see, that, that's what I'm saying about songwriting. You know, like, yep. you know, pe- people could dump on things. But, you know, when you listen to a song and just, you know, bring it into your world and you can relate to it. It's awesome. It's magic, yeah. you know? And that's yeah. and that's one of those songs, you know, I, I love it. Because uh-huh. I hope you buy my side when I'm writing the last page. That could mean anything. That could be yeah. like you and I, me and my brother, you know? Yeah, or being on your deathbed. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like taking the last breath. Yeah. Um, one thing, too, is that I love David's piano beginning of that it's so good yeah. and then one last thing too was on the 2010 special edition when hugh makes the mistake i'm glad they put that on the 2010 <laughs> special edition of the album and they played it live and i guess hugh made a mistake in the first verse and yeah you know and he stopped but, it we have a couple more minutes left and i w- wanted to talk about the outtakes real quick um on the europe edition they got they got dirty little secret and unbreakable Yep. I loved Unbreakable. I think it should have made the album. I think, oh. it, I think it kind of resembled Have a Nice Day a little bit as far as maybe it didn't. I, I, just, I just know it, it deserved to have been on the album. Um, Japan got Dirty Little Secret, Unbreakable, and These Open Arms. Yeah. But one that I wanted to talk about with you was Nothing. Nothing. Not, nothing literally, but the song Outtake Nothing. The song Nothing. <laughs> now, we were talking about I Am earlier. So if you yes. if you listen to both songs side by side, it's almost the same instrumentally. It follows the same progressions, keys, all that. It's very similar. And so I think John listened to both. And I, I think he made the right choice. I think I Am deserved to have been on the album. Sure. But Nothing is so good. It's one of my favorite outtakes. And I, you already know this, but it John, they recorded it. It's on yep. YouTube. But he actually gave the song to uh, Bo Bikes, who I think was on American Idol. Yeah. And then his version's pretty good. It, but yeah. uh, I just, I, I love, you know, just the way that John, I think John adds just like a special touch to it. Like at the end when he screams, no, I won't let you down. No. Yeah. Yeah. I won't give in. 
you know i just yeah it was just so good you know but it's you know, one of those songs where the first time you hear it you fall in love with it yeah you know exactly and, and for me like it, it, it was one of those songs where i definitely feel like it should have been on the album for sure yeah um i also love dirty little secret by the way oh yeah um and unbreakable is another good one and but when i first heard that track real quick Unbreakable. I don't know why, but it kind of sounded like I don't want to say like Backstreet Boys, but you know what I mean. Yeah. I Did you get that kind of vibe too? Um. Yeah. I guess I could like. And a little bit of yeah, and a little bit of Aerosmith. It was kind of it was it was weird, but uh. Yeah. I, I definitely dug it, you know. But uh. Um, but third little secret was definitely one of my favorite outtakes on there as well as uh nothing but nothing was such a good song um and like you said like john how he sings it in there i hope someday we get a clear version of it yeah where you know where you know hopefully the next box set you know yep uh before we wrap up every time i hear unbreakable now i'm gonna take a backstreet boys because (laughs) i never thought of it like that and it does it sounds like it boy band pop song wow. and maybe that's why i didn't make the album now now it all makes sense but yeah it just sounds like so unbreakable yeah i, <laughs> I can't think of what song but it sounds similar to one of theirs i don't know but it it, it, it was yeah. like a boy it was sound like a boy band yeah. thing i don't know we'll, we'll stay on so we can chat after this recording but uh for the video you know i want to thank you for coming on and you know i wish we weren't such on a time limit with i these. know Skype things, but uh, you know, I know we can talk for another hour about this album. It's such a good album, and you know, maybe when we have another discussion, we'll kind of touch some on this. But thanks for coming on and talking about this album. Thanks for having me, brother. You know, it's always fun. My pleasure, and uh, yeah, we'll definitely be doing some more. So, all right, you know, all right, we're in the recording right now. Thanks again, buddy. Later, man.